Hello everyone, and welcome back to Sprint Race Show, the show where I share my thoughts on what's happening in the world of Formula One. My name is Emma Ridgway and I will be your host. Thank you very much for tuning in. For those of you who checked out my YouTube channel last week, thank you very much. Once again, this episode will be available as an animated series on YouTube. I also had the privilege of writing a blog post for the On The Pit Wall blog. If you head over to my uh, Instagram, again, just at Sprint Race Show, you will find the link just there. Today, I will be giving my thoughts on the Dutch Grand Prix, which, as expected, went the way of the Dutch master himself, Max Verstappen. I knew very little about the circuit before we came into the weekend, uh, I knew that the old tracks were famous for its banking corners uh, and highly dangerous for it too. I also knew that we were meant to debut there last year, but well, like everything else, it, it was postponed. So when the cars started practicing on Friday, I tuned into the coverage to see the track and I was really impressed. But then I had this stomach turning moment when the cars went into turn four and took the high line literally the high line, because it was a banking corner and every time they took the turn, I thought they were going to go straight on into the barriers. It is such a tight corner and if you watch it from the onboard point of view, then it's terrifying. Well, it's terrifying for me at least. In the end, I ended up doing a few laps of Zanvor on the F1 game uh, and that really helped. Turns out that the high line is a much better racing line, so it all makes sense but I still held my breath every time they took that corner. My overriding feeling after the Dutch Grand Prix was that Red Bull deserved the win and that it was one of the fairest battles we've had all year. There were very few factors to disrupt the weekend, like poor weather, massive delays or crashes, so it felt like a really steady, honest race, which isn't always the most interesting, but... As a fair comparison between Red Bull and the Mercedes, it's really useful to have races like this to see where the teams are. Red Bull clearly had the pace, sure, but that didn't necessarily mean that they would win either. But in Zandvoort, they operated to a near-perfect standard in terms of their setup and their drive, and so for Max, the weekend paid off. They came home with the win, and they deserved it too. With all the build-up to Zandvoort, especially after a year's delay, it was always going to be all eyes on Max, the home favourite with the Orange Army and off the back of another win from last week, sort of. It was no surprise then to see him get pole and take home the win. I mean, it was so presumed that he was going to win that the organisers brought in a live singer to perform the Dutch national anthem for when he got on the podium. I've never seen that before, ever. Although, to be honest, I thought it was a little bit weird. I personally love watching drivers react to their home national anthem being played, especially at a home race. I mean, that is where you want to win, right? And it kind of took a bit of the shine off Max, personally. But, yeah. So whilst it was purely Max's and Red Bull's weekend... I couldn't help but feel as though there was an air of would've, could've, should've from the Mercedes camp, who maybe had they been a little bit braver with their strategy, could've had a really good chance of that win. 
Why? Well, because they had two cars in the mix and Perez was starting at the back. Chances like this don't come around very often. And yesterday, I felt as though Mercedes were making some really bizarre decisions. Of course, I'm only seeing it from a fan's point of view. I have no access to any of the data that drives a lot of these calls. But at times, I was just completely baffled by what I was watching. For example, first pit window. Both Mercedes are P2 and P3 behind Max. They're not super close, and so Hamilton really just needs a clean stop and a good outlap to try and undercut Max. The worst case scenario is that Max will pit and come out in front of Lewis, but then he'll be stuck behind Bottas. In the end, that's what happened. Except the Mercedes pit stop was a little bit clumsy, and they lost a second there. Max did pit and come out behind Bottas, and so it was up to Valtteri to try and hold him up, which he did for a few laps but the Red Bull's pace was so obviously faster than the Mercedes, and so Bottas was never going to be able to hold him off for very long. And as soon as Max would get in front, he would just drive off. And that's what he did. So with that being relatively predictable from my side, me sitting at home watching it on TV, I was a bit frustrated that Mercedes weren't trying something different. For example, there was an opportunity to pit Lewis for some new tyres, maybe the hards, as soon as Max was stuck behind Bottas. We knew that both teams wanted to implement a two-stop strategy, so why not trigger this whilst your rival is being held up by your teammate? When Merck did eventually pit Lewis again, it was after Max had built up his lead once more, and so it didn't really count for much. I think it took Lewis to burn out his second set of tyres to even get close to Max, only for Mercedes to decide that they weren't going to pit him once more, and so he kind of burned through his tyres for nothing, really. And so to top off a weekend of strange decisions by Mercedes, they pit Valtteri Bottas with two laps to go uh, for fresh tyres, and then told him to not do the fastest lap. I thought, what do you want him to do? Walk? I get it but they just made it so hard for themselves yesterday. And as a Mercedes fan and as a Hamilton fan, I just found it really painful to watch at times. Part of the feeling I got watching Mercedes this weekend was one that was almost resigned to second place. They know that they're behind the pace, and so if it were me, I would want to be able to outsmart my opponent on strategy. Yes, that's definitely more risk, but Without that, they are essentially accepting that Red Bull will run away with it purely on pace, which is what they've done for many years now. In the past, Red Bull have had to outmaneuver Mercedes on strategy because they weren't up to speed on pace. I wish Mercedes would take a leaf out of Red Bull's book, or even Ferrari's book from previous years where they've managed to nab a win from the team with the faster car. So it'll be interesting to see how they fare at future Red Bull favouring circuits. So regardless of my somewhat animosity towards the Mercedes strategy, I really enjoyed Zanvoort and the Grand Prix weekend. Of course, coming off the back of last week's calamity, it was always going to be fantastic. And it really feels as though we've seen both sides of what it's like to visit a Grand Prix within the space of a week. Whether it be the really passionate fans who stayed, albeit pointlessly, in the rain at Spa, 
and the absolute chaos that was Party Central in Zanfort. I mean, I thought Monaco was party town for Formula One, but I imagine there will be a lot of folks who want to add the Dutch Grand Prix to their rounds next year. So this weekend firmly belonged to Red Bull and to the Dutch. To me, when I think of the Netherlands, I think of art. Van Gogh, Rembrandt, Vermeer. These artists are collectively known as the Dutch masters. And after this weekend, I would not be surprised to see the Rijksmuseum hanging some portraits of the new Dutch master, Max Verstappen. That is all for this week. Uh, We have the final run of a triple header next week in Monza and the return of the sprint race. I think given that it'll be a sprint race weekend and one of the fastest on the calendar, it'll be really, really interesting to see how this fares. Personally, I'm really glad they introduced this at Monza because Monza is one of the tracks where people tend to queue up in order to get a slipstream down the main straight. If you remember a few years ago, there was that absolute farce where most of the cars didn't even make the checkered flag in qualifying because they were too busy trying to line themselves up for a slipstream. So the fact that we have sprint qualifying is really exciting because it will give us a really interesting start to the race. But I do expect some drama in the qualifying for the sprint itself. So we will have to wait and see. So until next week, thank you very much for tuning in.